0: Hi, and welcome to Shift for Wellness. This is Jennifer, and on this day, September 13th, 2014, I am happy to share with you Dickens had it Backwards. It was the worst of times. It was the best of times. As crazy as it may sound, battling cancer had been the greatest experience of my life. It's like the first line in a tale of two cities, only for me, it was backwards. I giggled quietly to myself as I sat across the desk from my oncologist. I thought, holy crow, I'm actually going to have chemotherapy. This is crazy. It was so weird, so surreal, but I thought, okay, let's get on with it so that we can put this all to rest. I was fortunate to have been given a positive prognosis from the beginning, but for my husband, he wasn't as convinced. When asked if there were any questions, I had none. I was going to be fine. I knew it. I felt it. I believed it. I was just going to have to go through some pretty sucky stuff to get to a healthier me. She'll see her kids walk down the aisle, was my doctor's response to Steve's question. Will she survive this? His question knocked me for a loop. Survive this? It was then that I knew I had to take care of Steve and convince him that all would be well. Not surviving never even occurred to me. It was not even a thought in my mind. Through all the phone calls, doctor visits, biopsies, and waiting, never once did I question why or worry about my mortality. But poor Steve, I felt awful for him. This wasn't his first experience with cancer, nor was it mine. Our family lost Steve's older brother, Kevin, at the age of 30 to non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. We watched him suffer long and hard through radiation and chemotherapy, crazy diets, blood transfusions, and bone marrow transplants. Our moms also had their own battles to overcome throughout the years mine with breast cancer, and Steve's with kidney. Fortunately, they came through like champs, but still, no one wants to see their loved ones suffer, even when the prognosis is optimistic. I don't believe I've suffered to the great extent that many others have had before me. But nonetheless, I had suffered. I never cried myself to sleep. I never cried for myself. But I did cry for those who fought a tougher battle. My battle was tough enough. But when people wonder where I got the strength to keep going, my answer to them was, you just do. Like anything else we do for our children a friend or our family, you find the strength, you ask for the strength, and you forge ahead. For me, there was always a light at the end of my tunnel, keeping me positive and upbeat. I was able to maintain composure, sharing my news with my family and friends, minimizing the reality of it all for them. I shared the news with my children and blew it off as if it were no big deal. I told them I had a mass, that it needed to be removed before I could have surgery, and I needed to go through some treatments to shrink everything to allow the surgery to go smoothly. I was very matter-of-fact and very no big deal. The outpouring of love from my family and friends and neighbors was mind-blowing. Cards arrived daily, causing us to remove them each day from the windowsill to make room for more. As new ones arrived, the ones from the previous day were added to a pile and tied neatly with a white satin ribbon that accompanied me each day to my radiation treatments. The cards were an incredible source of positive energy for me. Kelly and John, my radiation technicians and rock stars, would take the beautifully tied bundle from my lap and place it on a chair in the room for me while I was treated. My hospital room was covered with posters from school, which had the doctors joke with me about my fan club whenever they did their rounds. While in the hospital, our children lived with family friends— Our friends took care of them. They took them to school, to practices, to games. They fed them. They were their parents when we couldn't be. When I was home from the hospital each night, a hot meal was delivered to our door by neighbors and friends. Never could I have imagined I would be lifted up and held in such love and grace. It was beautiful. It was the best of times during what some of our loved ones would have considered the worst of times. I would not trade that year for anything. I often look back on it with fondness, reminiscing about the love that flowed so freely. Love was in abundance wherever I looked, home, school, the neighborhood, the hospital, doctor's offices. As the years go on, things go back to normal, and this podcast is about managing, getting back to normal, or what I call my new normal, because nothing is the same. You don't go through such a life-altering experience and come out the same person, not physically and certainly not mentally. Coming back to life is hard. Nothing is the same. Nothing ever will be the same. And while family and friends are happy that I'm well and healthy and recovered, there's a journey within that goes on. And only those who have journeyed down the same path understand what that is. I am thankfully seven years cancer-free and excited to share my story with you. It serves as a means for me to share the many thoughts I've had over the years and wasn't able to share until now. My hope is to help you work your way through your worst of times and hopefully transform them into your best of times, no matter what they are and no matter what caused them. Know that there is always balance even in turmoil.